Welcome to the VBAC Link Podcast. We are a team of expert doulas trained in supporting VBAC, have had VBACs of our own, and work extensively with VBAC women and their providers. We are here to provide detailed VBAC and cesarean prevention stories and facts in a simple, consolidated format. When we were moms preparing to VBAC, it was stories and information like we will be sharing in this podcast that helped fine-tune our intuition and build confidence in our birth preparation. We hope this does the same for you. To hear more about us and to hear our individual VBAC stories, be sure to check out episodes 1, 2, and 3. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Good morning, women of strength. We have another special episode for you today. This is episode three, and I'm pretty excited to share with you one of my personal clients. Her name is Lindsay. She is one tough mama. Her story actually does not include a VBAC. She was given a surprise at the end of her labor, I should say, on her last labor that she would like to share about. And she she also to kind of share about her other stories and what she's learned from each, each one and um, how a doula support during the entire part of the end of her last birth was important. Lindsay, welcome and thank you so much for being with us today. Go ahead and share all of your wonderful stories. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here with you, and um, I've been having fun listening to some of your other podcasts, and I just love hearing other people's stories. So I hope that this story will help someone else. So I guess I'm just going to go through my birth. So I just had my fourth child, and my first, I was 25 when I had him, so I was kind of young and super excited to be a mom and didn't think a whole lot about the whole labor experience. Um, I have just a lot of the kind of traditional views of labor, like, oh, it's going to hurt really bad and I was going to get an epidural. And there was a part of me that wanted to experience the labor and to do it without the medicine, but I was mostly too scared to really approach that. So as soon as we got to the hospital, I was like, I want the epidural. I don't want to feel anything. (laughs) So um, I was actually already at a five by the time we got to the hospital. So they just took me up right away. I had a, an OB who was not the most supportive. He kind of throughout my pregnancy, I had had these feelings of, I probably should change providers, but I felt so insecure about changing because this was the first time I had done it, and I felt like that was going to be a big deal to change midway, and so I just thought, I'm just being weird. I'm just going to stick with him. It will be fine. I really wish that I would have switched. (laughs) I think it would have made a big difference because... Just the way I felt unsupported during pregnancy um, with him, I also, it was the same way during my labor. He was not even at the hospital for the majority of my labor. He would call in and tell the nurse to do things 
without mm. even seeing it personally. <laughs> and I so, um, like, that happens a lot. People don't even realize it. Yeah, I, I had no idea that that would happen. I mean, I knew that the doctor wouldn't, like, be in the room the whole time, but I had no idea that they could just be, like, in a completely different location and then telling, like, giving orders for drugs and procedures and stuff, you know? But anyway, so I ended up having kind of a complicated labor. As soon as I got the epidural, I stalled, and then they tried to break my water. They thought they had broken my water, but it didn't actually break. Then they started me on Pitocin, and the epidural stopped working. And so um, I ended up feeling a lot of the labor pain but not being able to move, and it ended up being really long and... Finally, my baby was starting to be in distress, and so they inserted an internal monitor. And when that, when they did that, my water broke. And then things, like, happened really fast and really hard because I had all this extra Pitocin on board. And anyway, it was kind of a lot. I also had meconium, and so they had a NICU team there. So he was born... And as soon as he was born, they could tell he was having a hard time breathing. And so they took him away right away. So I didn't get to nurse. I didn't get to hold him. I didn't get to do any of that. And it was just, I just remember thinking, this is like one of those very clear moments, what just happened to me. Like, I felt like everything happened to me and that I didn't have any control or any power in the situation whatsoever. And I just felt very kind of violated in a way and really disappointed in the whole experience. Thankfully, he ended up being just fine and we were able to take him home. A week later, he just had pneumothorax, which is like a hole in their lungs. But they were able to fix it fairly quickly. So, you know, everything turned out fine and I kind of suppressed it for a while until I got pregnant with my second and then I was like oh no I have to do that again like I was like this is not going to be good and so then I started researching a little more and trying to figure out hey there's got to be a different way to do this and I want definitely a different kind of provider So I found a group of midwives in my area that came highly recommended from some friends. And so I started to see them for this birth and I took a hypnobirthing class and really wanted to have this next baby naturally. And so prepared the best I could for that. Well, we did. My husband was super supportive and wanted to help me do that. And so we, we practiced and we had this you know, idea in our head, as long as I'm relaxed, it won't hurt and everything will be fine. And so when I got into labor and in the beginning stages, it it worked. I was able to relax and I didn't, you know, I didn't feel any pain, but then it got to the point where I did and it was like, oh no, I'm doing this wrong. You know, I felt like I was doing something wrong because it was hurting. And so then I ended up getting the epidural and I felt like a total failure and like I had tried so hard to do it, you know, this other way, but then I had just failed. And so I was, you know, thankfully the, the baby, like my daughter was healthy and everything was fine. You know, it was all, everybody kept saying, well, it doesn't matter. You have a healthy baby, you're healthy. 
But I once again just felt really disappointed in the experience. And so then fast forward three years later with my third, I just thought, okay, I just need to try harder next time. And so we took the class again. I read the book. I took like these detailed notes of everything that I needed to do in order to, you know, be able to succeed at the hypnobirthing. And it was kind of a very similar repeat of the last experience. And so I, you know, I ended up getting the epidural and feeling like a failure for getting the epidural. And I just felt like, okay, I just can't do this. Like, some people can do this and I can't do it and but I just like really repressed it this time and then when I got pregnant with my fourth I well and after that birth sorry it was a little bit I told my husband I promised him that I wouldn't try to do it natural again because he was like traumatized by all of these experiences watching me go through it and seeing how you know, how troubling it was. And, and so I just promised him, I was like, next time I'll just get the epidural. We'll just do it conventionally. We're not even going to try anything. <laughs> so then when I got with my fourth, I just kept having these feelings. There's just something inside of me that really wanted a different experience. I wanted an empowering, positive birth experience. And and I wanted to just be able to feel it and to do it and to not have things done to me. And so I, like, put off talking to him about it for a while because I knew he was going to be like, oh, no, here we go again. <laughs> like, she does not learn. So we had, like, a lot to work through. I just remember going on, like, some really long walks with him and just back and forth of our feelings and, like, he, you know, what he felt and what I felt and how we were going to approach this. And we we came to the conclusion that we wanted to hire a doula because we felt like we needed that extra support and that maybe if we had somebody there who was just 100% on our side and skilled and experienced, maybe that would help me kind of get through the that period and, and do it without the epidural and I could feel you know, that satisfaction of of having done it. So I did some research and found Megan, and um, she came to our house, and, like, I knew within, like, the first 10 minutes, like, okay, she is perfect. She is going to (laughs) be that will... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why do you think I picked her to be my partner? <laughs> and so I was super excited when she accepted, you know, us with clients, and I just felt very at peace with knowing that, you know, I had the same midwife group that I'd had with the other two, so I knew that I had providers that were supportive. And we had Megan on our side, and I knew my husband was on board 100% because we had worked through all of our kind of different angles and issues on the subject. And then we also took another childbirth class, which was like a spin on hypnobirthing. It was it was called the Curtis Method. So that was like a really helpful class to kind of um, – retrain how we were looking at the experience. And so between that class and having Megan with us and I did like everything I possibly could to prepare my body for birth. I 
did the spinning babies exercises and I went on walks every day and I drank red raspberry leaf tea and I ate dates and I took the birth, the Dr. Christopher's birth pill and I did mm-hmm. like everything. Literally <laughs> everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so like the day came and I was super excited. I was just, I felt like, you know what, no matter what happens, this is going to be a positive experience. And that's the way that we started to view it. Instead of, I'm going to have a birth without an epidural, we switched our focus to, we're going to have a positive experience no matter what happens. And it's funny because like a week before she was born, we were in our last class and my husband Forrest was like, what if we, what if we end up with a C-section? Like, what if you have to have a C-section? And I thought, well, that's not going to happen. I've had three babies and I haven't had a C-section. And Every appointment that I went to, the, my midwife told me that the baby was in the right position, and I was like, I was like, well, if that happens, that happens. But I really did not think that that was going to happen. <laughs> and so, when on like the day before my due date, at like 5 a.m., my water broke, which was super weird because I had never done like, that before. <laughs> that, that had never happened. It was always like right before the baby was born, the water broke. And so it was like, oh, that's interesting. My water broke. And mm-hmm. so then all day we were kind of like gearing up for labor. Like I had him like stay home from work and he took the kids to his sisters. And I like had this whole list of things for him to do, like snacks together and things to put in the car. And like we had everything all set, but my labor just never really progressed. It was like I would have contractions, but they would be really far apart or they wouldn't be very strong, or they would be strong and close together for like a half an hour, and then they would mm-hmm. die. And like, yeah. poor Megan, we kept calling her, like, okay, this is it. You better come. And then we'd call her like 15 minutes later. Nope, it stopped. Don't come. <laughs> I know. Like, no, stop all day. <laughs> no, it was fine. I just kept thinking, man, like, this, I'm just shocked she's not going so much faster. I'm like, maybe this is for drama labor, but like, but then, like, your water had broken, and so I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Like, <laughs> yeah, and so, and I totally had it in my mind, I don't want to go to the hospital until things are active. Like, I really wanted to be in active labor before going to the hospital, and so mm-hmm. we just kept cleaning it off, and then we were, like, laying in bed at, like, 10, 11 o'clock at night, and I just kind of shake this and I was like, something's not... I don't know, like, I don't feel good about just doing sleep right now. It's been too long, and nothing has happened, and what if the baby's not okay? And mm-hmm. so um, so we ended up just going to the hospital just to kind of play it safe. And and when they did my exam, and they were just like, oh, I feel a foot. And I was like, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I feel a foot. And I was like, oh, no, because I knew what that meant. And so she went and got the ultrasound machine and confirmed it. And she called the midwife. And she came in and confirmed it. And in the meantime, we called Megan, and she was on her way to to the hospital. And I was just super disappointed and just was like, I can't believe that this baby isn't in the right position because the whole time I thought that she was in the right position. I thought maybe she was, like, on the right side instead of the left side. But... Never had I thought that she was breech. And so, once I confirmed she was breech, and we had they called the OB, and he came and he looked at it, and you know, they 
everyone was super sensitive. I know, like, my midwife could tell that this was not what I wanted, and she knew that from our appointment. Yeah. And, um, and she was really sensitive and very, like, kind about understanding that this was a big deal. And everyone was super great. Like, we're even though I was still having, like, little contractions, and you were, like, pushing on my knees, and but I still felt disappointed. And so when the OB came in, I just asked, like, is there anything we can do? Is there, you know, I just have to, like, try every possible thing before I agree to the C-section. And so that's when they tried the version, and so we manually tried to turn the baby. And she would, like, kind of turn, and then she'd flip back, and they would put, and we did that three times. So it just wasn't in the cards for her to turn. And so it was super great to have Megan there because she helped us to have, like, a moment to ourselves. She's like, do you want, a mo- do you want the room? And we were like, oh, yeah, I guess we do. Like, because everything can kind of, like, escalate. And it's like, oh, okay, well, then we're doing the C-section. And the nurse is having me sign consent forms. And, like, it's, everything can kind of happen really fast. But I was really grateful that Megan said, let's, let's pause for a moment and let you kind of – you know, talk to each other without other people in the room and really kind of wrap your head around this. So that was helpful because I felt like, okay, this is this is our decision and we are kind of in control of this moment, even though you never have total control in birth, you know. But um, you kind of make this decision and it's not being forced on us. And so once we kind of felt good about that, we just decided that, it was the best thing for us to, to go forward with the C-section. And then we asked, you know, if we could do, like, like Megan knew all this stuff to ask for, like, the clear drape and if I could hold the baby right away. And thankfully they let her be in the room, and so she was able to take pictures and be by my side when my husband went with the baby. And so I was, I always felt... The weirdest part, though, was when they were doing the, the spinal block. That that was the moment when I was alone because you and Forrest were getting suited mm-hmm. up. You know? Yeah, so they wouldn't like, let us go back with you. Yeah, I'm like, this is the part where it's like I'm having this huge needle stuck in my back and I don't have anyone there, you know. But mm-hmm. other than that, like, I always had someone by my side and I felt, you know, very, very supported and I felt... I didn't feel like things were just happening to me. I felt like we made the decision that for our family and for this baby and for me in that moment that the C-section was the best choice because we didn't want to take any chances on on her having problems trying right. to go and through labor. I just have to, I have to, like, tell everybody how thinking incredible you were during that version. Like... You said, you said it so casually, like, oh, he came in, and I'm like, you guys, if you only saw her, like, laying there, he tried so hard, and she totally just laid there and breathed, like, took, took her breath, and, like, I just was dying. Like, you're incredible. Your strength was incredible. That <laughs> so is so to... awesome. Versions oh. are rough. They are rough. Yeah, and, and this doctor was really, really trying. He really was, and, yeah, so I just have to say, everybody... Lindsay's amazing. <laughs> well, thank you. I, 
it, it was important. That part of it was important for me because I felt like I really gave it my all to go without the C-section, you know, mm-hmm. like I really just wanted to try everything. And then I felt like I was able to make my peace with, no, this is what needs to happen. Like we tried everything. I tried everything beforehand to prep. I tried everything during to make, to avoid it. But for whatever reason, this baby just needed to come out via C-section. And then I could just be grateful that that was an option and that she was okay and that I was okay and that that was just a situation where, you know, a C-section was needed and I was okay with, with having it, you know. I mean, there was still a part of me that was a little disappointed that I'd prepped so much for the actual, like, labor and then that didn't happen. But I think at the same time, it allowed me to be at peace with, what did happen. I don't know mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, it no, makes it totally a lot does. Of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think just like, as I, like after, and I was able to feed her right away, like she latched before we even left the operating room, which was really important to me to be able to have that, that bond with her and that immediate breastfeeding. And so I felt like I got so many of the things that I wanted that were really important because I felt supported. I felt like it was a positive experience. Obviously, we had the healthy baby and the healthy mom, which was super great. And I was able to have that kind of immediate, well, not super immediate, but fairly immediate skin to skin. Mm-hmm. And and so I felt I felt like even though it was totally not what I was envisioning, it was still so great and I actually walked away from that birth feeling the most satisfied most at peace and with the least regrets even though that was my one birth that was not a vaginal birth (laughs) so Mm -hmm. um, I guess the thing that I learned was it's less about exactly how it happens whether you have an epidural whether you have a c-section whether you're able to do it completely naturally whether, you know, you have to have interventions or you don't, like, the most important thing is that you feel supported and that you feel like you're not just having things, like, happen to you, but that you're making informed decisions. And really, I think a doula is so critical to that process because you are so vulnerable when you're in birth. It's like the most, like all of the hormones and all of the, like the, that desire for the healthy baby. And it, you're just at this vulnerable time and you can't think logically and make all these logical decisions. So if you have an extra person on your team, obviously my husband was on my team, but having Megan there in addition to that with her knowledge and her background and, and her kind of different perspective I just felt like it made it so that we were able to make the best choices and feel the most comfortable, even in a situation that was not what we had planned for. Right, right. And I loved it. I loved that I was able to be there. It was definitely a shocking message when I I got... When Forrest called me and said, um, so the baby's breech. I was like, what? <laughs> it was very shocking, yeah. but you were just amazing, yeah. and you handled it well, and it was such an honor to be there. And um, 
you know, as doulas, we're not always welcomed back into the OR. Hopefully one day that will change, but it, it means a lot when we when we can go back and we can be back there with you. So when dads are going over back with baby, you know, mom cannot be alone. It doesn't have to be alone. The, the doula can come in and, and talk and share pictures and kind of share what's going on. So I love that I was able yeah. to go go back with you well I felt like that moment when he was away it felt like so long it was probably only like five minutes but when mm-hmm. I was like waiting to hold the baby and having you there was so critical because I think if you hadn't been there that those five minutes would have just been torture because you're just laying there you're so helpless like you can't move you can't do anything and you can't see and just having you there and having you tell me he's with the baby he's okay she's okay like you know that was that was Mm -hmm. super important right yes and you know and obviously we think duels are awesome but we truly see the benefit (laughs) in so many ways and we we really have seen that personally from ourselves and yes um, absolutely yeah, and we, we love Rebecca Decker, and she has a quote. Uh, it says, advocacy is defined as supporting the birth person in their rights to make the decisions about their own birth, or body, and baby. And I truly do feel like you were able to make those decisions that were best for you and your baby and for Forrest and your family. Mm-hmm. So I love that, yes. And I yeah. wanted to kind of, I wanted to go on and, and kind of share a little information. There was a study which will be on the blog today and it talks about hiring a doula and and why to hire a doula and what doulas can help help with. So we'll get that the full study up there but a couple of things I wanted to to highlight was that uh, there was a 25% decrease in the risk of cesarean and and that was the largest effect seen with a doula which I thought was really awesome. And then we talked about just even though it doesn't maybe go the right way, doulas can help you with that, that overall support. And um, after the entire study, they said that overall hiring a doula can benefit your labor and birth experiences in many ways by avoiding those unnecessary interventions, providing that continuous physical support even with moms with epidurals, you know, C-section moms, epidural moms, we can still support all these moms um, in so many ways. And bringing that su- the emotional support to the entire birth team. So something that I also loved that I know I didn't love that you were alone getting your spinal block, but I love that I could kind of talk to Forrest about it and kind of prep him for what he was about to walk into and see an experience and I I don't know if that did make him feel comfortable a little bit more comfortable but I hope that it did and you know I just feel like would doulas have a stronger effect on all types of births so it was seriously an honor to be with you yeah I I agree with everything you said I have to admit I had a little slight thought like when they told us you know she's breached you're probably going to end up with a c-section I was like oh great and this is the birth that we hired a doula for Uh uh-huh Yeah, I I totally needed a doula on my other birth, and I'm not going to need a doula now. But as we went through it and looking back, I can see how I don't think that we would have felt the same level of peace and satisfaction with the birth without you there. In fact, I know we wouldn't have. And so I think just... It's so important for whatever kind of birth you're planning on or whatever kind of birth you end up with that you didn't plan on 
to just have that support and have somebody who's 100% on your side and just there to make sure that you have the best experience possible. Like, there's just, it's totally invaluable. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. A lot of times people ask, well, why can't my husband, mom, sister, aunt, cousin, best friend from college be my doula? Or I don't need a doula because I have a husband. And while it is incredibly important to have a good support team uh, and good support and, and your husband and your mom and your aunt and your sister, those are all great people to have in your birth space. They know you very well and they can definitely support you in really, really incredible ways. But doulas know birth very well. Mm -hmm. They can help you navigate your birth space. They can help you. They can tell what stage of labor in by the sounds that you're making. They can help your husband know when that popping sound he heard is totally normal when your water breaks. They can squeeze your hips while you're rushing to the hospital in the backseat of your car. They can help you prepare for things that are unexpected and unplanned in the middle of your birth when things change quickly or even slowly and guess what that does that frees up your husband mom aunt sister cousin best friend in college to love you and support Mm -hmm. you because they know you are being taken care of and not only do they not know how to but they don't have to there's a whole nother level that doula brings into your birth space and it's kind of hard to understand unless you've witnessed it or unless you've seen it I agree with that so much. I saw that in my husband. Because when I first brought up the doula, he was kind of like, oh, my gosh, like, really? We do not need that, you know? But he was so much more relaxed and so much more there for me, I felt like, during that birth because because the pressure was off of him. Like, he could really just be there for me because he knew that Megan was kind of covering all the other bases, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite pictures is from my, one of my VBAC births was me. I'm like on my hands and knees, but like my arms are folded like over the top of a birth ball. And my doula and my, uh, at the time he was three, three-year-old were like doing counter pressure and rubbing on my back. And my husband is one hand holding my hand and the other hand eating a piece of pizza. <laughs> and it's actually a really cool picture. It's a kind of a strong testament yeah. to like my husband was still there and very present for me. He was holding yeah. my hands. My eyes were closed. I'm sure I would have probably like got smart and pushed a pizza in his face if I would have sock, you know, but like, <laughs> but this is the point. My doula was able to bring my husband food so he didn't have to disconnect from me for one second and so that he could eat and meet his physical and emotional, trust me, he gets grumpy when he's hungry, um, physical and emotional <laughs> needs while still being able to support me. And it's interesting because I asked a question on our Facebook group. If you guys haven't found our Facebook group yet, it's called The VBAC Link. Um, I asked a question in there a few days ago, and I said, Do, did you have a doula? Uh, yes or no, and why or why not? And one of the responses from a, a lady was, I didn't have a doula, and one of the reasons why she said she didn't is because she didn't want a stranger at her birth. 
And let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you what. Doulas spend a considerable amount of time with you before your baby is born, unless that you hire them when you're in labor. And obviously you can tell by this story that Lindsay and Megan had a really good connection. And all of my experiences with my birth, with my doulas, my doulas have not only become my doulas and were incredible supports to me while I was in labor and birthing, they are my friends long after I've had my baby. And I, I promise you, you're not only gonna have an incredibly awesome friend at your birth, but you're going to have one that's going to be able to know exactly what to do and how to navigate things. And half the time you're not even going to know what your doula is doing, but she's going to be making you safe and comfortable and make sure that everything you want for your birth is being met, assuming everything is medically safe and able to accommodate that. Very well said. Very well said. Hey, guys. Did you know we have a new website? Well, we do. It is thevbacklink.com. We are always looking for new stories. To share your story and possibly be on our podcast, post your story on social media and hashtag whywevback and tag us at thevbacklink. Or you can complete the new form on our brand new website at thevbacklink.com slash share. Don't forget about our online VBAC prep courses. To learn more, head over onto our website. Be sure to rate us and share and leave your reviews. We are excited to hear what you think. For families local to Utah, be sure to check out our website, utahvbaclink.com, for more information on our VBAC childbirth classes and doula services. Thank you so much for listening. We are excited for you to begin your journey with us.